The Titans get back to their winning ways with a 20 to nothing shutout of the Jaguars, but how back are they really? This is the Titans 10, we're talking that and much more. Let's go! Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Tuesday, December the 14th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome to week 15, folks. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you found a way to enjoy that Titans game on Sunday. And listen, if that early window had not been uh, so boring collectively, it would have been a lot harder to stay focused on that bit of a snooze Titans game. Um, But they got the win. So if you're a Titans fan, you got to be happy about that. Today, as always, on our recap episode, we've got our weekly recap of week 14, and then our post-game presser segment and a couple of quick hits to round out the day. Let's let's talk real quick before we get into the meat of this episode. I want to discuss what the next couple of episodes are going to look like. So today, uh, on Tuesday, we've got our recap episode. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we've got our Titans talk episode with a special guest. I think you're really going to enjoy uh, the guest we have on this week. We're going to be recording that later today, so I'm excited about that. I think you're really going to like her. And um, on Thursday, we've got our Behind Enemy Lines episode with another guest I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, Him and I will be talking about the Titans heading up to Pittsburgh this weekend to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then on Friday, our uh, week 16, no, excuse me, week 15 uh, preview episode uh, of the Titans heading up to Pittsburgh next week. The Titans are on a short week. They got Thursday night football coming up in week 16 against the Niners. So I think what we're going to do is still get all four episodes in, but push them a day back. So on Monday, we'll have our recap episode and then Titans talk on Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. Thursday morning will probably be, or Thursday, maybe midday, will probably be our preview episode before the game that night. So we're going to try to get all that content in for next week. That's just looking ahead to next week. If you are not already subscribed to the Titans 10, definitely subscribe. Give us a rate and a review. If you leave a review that I find humorous or like, I might shout you out on the program. So I'm kind of collecting those. Just go do it. It takes 10 seconds. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Uh, It's very, very small thing you can do that's very helpful to me here on the show. I'll be very appreciative if you can go do that. So I know a lot of shows ask you to do that, but make this the exception. The one time you go do it. I would be very, very thankful. All right, enough of my jibber-jabber. You don't care. Let's get into the talk about the Titans. We have got our weekly recap segment first. Let's get into the weekly recap of week 14. Well, the Titans shut out the Jaguars at home on Sunday, 20 to nothing. This was their first shutout in a couple of years. Uh, Listen, they handled business the way that they should. They... The Titans tend to play down to bad teams, but I think the Jaguars are clearly that exception. They've not struggled with the Jacksonville team for a couple of years now. So Titans fans, you know, going into a game against a team that the Titans are favored against, I think typically worries a lot of Titans fans, feels like a bit of a trap with the Jaguars being that exception because the Titans just have handled the Jaguars with ease in recent years. And they did that on Sunday. The offense has been 
not great. <laughs> not great. We're going to get to that more here in a second. But the defense was really good, and they've been good the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Titans last month, that's kind of been the way things have been going. Obviously, the defense trending up, the offense stagnating a bit, maybe trending down a little bit. Here's how the team ranks overall in the league. The offense is 17th after this week, and the defense is 13th. Both units kind of trending up and down. Uh, so, again, the Titans-Jaguars game was a bit half impressive, and the, the half that was impressive was the defense. So let's talk a little bit about the defensive performance. The Titans' defense had four interceptions, which was their first positive turnover differential game in a little bit. The defense allowed only eight rushing yards on eight attempts, including those four interceptions. Uh, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, the old guard at inside linebacker, both back after missing a, a handful of games. They both had interceptions in this game, as well as Christian Fulton and Buster Scream. Scream played a full game of all 55 snaps in his second game, starting with the Titans. Vrabel was very, very complimentary of Screen in his postgame press conference, talking about how he you know, really enjoys the veteran presence of Screen and how he's been doing everything that he can in practices, staying late. He's the kind of guy that Vrabel seems to like on the team, and so he was very complimentary of him. He played a good game for the Titans. Rashawn Evans, like I mentioned a minute ago, this was a really... And listen, I know the Rashawn Evans narrative that, that fans love to repeat is just about how Rashawn Evans is, is a bust. He was a waste of a first-round pick. He's always been disappointing. And I'm not here to tell you that Rashawn Evans has been not disappointing for the majority of his career, but... You know, you know, here on the show, we are dripping, dripping in objectivity. And I can't tell you that he didn't have a good game because he had a really great game. He had the best game of the entire team. He was the best defensive player on the team on Sunday. He's been playing the last three games he's played and he's played really well on Sunday. He had an interception, a pass defensed, and a tackle for loss, including a team high six tackles on just 33 snaps. So great performance from Rashawn Evans. And regardless of what you think about him, what you think about his future with the team, which is probably still short, I don't expect him to be back next season. You as a Titans fan would love for him to continue to play well. That's what he's doing. He's playing well. Now, the half that wasn't perform wasn't uh, excuse me, wasn't impressive was the performance by the offense, of course. We'll talk a little bit more about Julio Jones in the next segment because I have a clip of him that I'd like to play for you. But the Titans offense, only 263 yards, a measly 3.8 yards per play. I know that on the if you listen to the football and other F words podcast episode that came out this morning, Zach, my colleague and friend Zach Lyons was talking a good bit about box scores and the discussion around box scores online. Box score scouting is, you know, oftentimes jaded, misguided a fool's errand to especially if you're not watching the game and you're just trying to decipher what happened in a game based on the box score. But in this instance, one number that really does tend to tell the tale of a team's day, especially on offense, is how many yards and how many yards per play they managed in a game. And while the numbers for the Titans on offense in the box score aren't necessarily discouraging considering their opponent, considering how the game looked, the flow of the game when you watched it. 
it can't be encouraging, right? This this defensive performance after kind of a sloppy final game against New England as they stumbled into the bye. You saw the defense come out of the bye in this game. They looked refreshed. They looked fast. That was an impressive look for them. The offense looked pretty much the same that they've looked in the past three or four weeks. So while it's not discouraging and it's not necessarily unexpected based on their circumstances, based on who is in the game, it's not encouraging, right? It's it's kind of the same that they've been doing and it's been, you know, below expectations for what they can accomplish or at least should be expected to accomplish when they have all their pieces on the field. But they don't have them all out there, and they are still dealing with injuries, still dealing with some chemistry things. So it's not box score scouting to look at these numbers and say, wow, this offense has not been producing at a level that, frankly, they're going to need to be producing to make a deep run in the playoffs. But I don't think you can necessarily say that's a reason for alarm, considering their opponent, considering the circumstances. Now, Speaking of the offense underperforming, the offensive line has been trending back a bit in the wrong direction. They started out the year not great at all, very bad, actually, and they seem to get their act together in the midpoint of the season, and now they are kind of slipping backwards a bit in the last couple of games. Ryan Tannehill was sacked for a fourth time in this game, and most uh, this was this was the most that he was sacked these four times since October 3rd of this year against the Jets in week four. So in that day, he was sacked seven times. Ryan Tannehill, listen, your quarterback is always one hit away, one bad hit away from your entire season kind of falling apart. The Baltimore Ravens and their fans are holding their breath right now after Lamar Jackson went down. They've been the team that has been as injury riddled as the Titans all year. And now because their quarterback took a bad hit, their season is kind of in flux, kind of up in the air. The Titans are one hit away at all times from being in that same situation. You got to protect Ryan Tannehill and this offensive line is trending in the wrong direction in terms of pass protection in particular. We'll talk about that more a bit in the next segment, but one last positive note to round this segment out. Titans had no interceptions or fumbles on the offensive side of the ball, which is a step in the right direction for this team. They had been giving the ball away, I think, seven times in the last two games before this past Sunday. This past Sunday, they won the turnover margin by four. So that's a winning recipe, obviously, for any team. They're going to need to continue that trend of winning the turnover battle and being protective of the ball if they want to make a run in the playoffs going forward. Two things I'd like to cover in our postgame presser segment today. The first is Julio Jones. Julio was clearly eased back into the rotation on Sunday. I tweeted during the game that he looked hobbled after one of his deeper routes that he ran in the second half, I believe, after which he came out of the game, kind of little awkward skip out uh, off the field to the sidelines. He then did end up returning to the game later on, and he addressed that play after the game. The uh, reporting pool asked him about it. Here's what he had to say about that awkward uh, exit of the field of play. I, I wouldn't happen on no, like, any injury or anything okay. like that. I wanted, shit, I wanted the ball. <laughs> I hop, like, I was injured, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I know I killed the safety. I had a safety on me, but um, unfortunately it didn't work out, but it is what it is. So no tweaks today? No, no tweaks, no nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm solid. I'm ready to go. 
So it turns out, or at least it sounds like, according to Julio, he was just doing a little frustration dance off of the field after having that route be a successful one that Ryan Tannehill couldn't get the ball to him on. He just wants the ball, apparently. Take his word for it, I suppose. They did clearly have him on a snap count in this game, though, getting just 45% of the offensive snaps in the game behind the likes of wide receivers Nick Westbrook-Akine and Cody Hollister. I think it's a good thing for them to slow play him at this point. They seem to be taking a long-term approach to ramping him up for the playoffs, and that's wise given how his season has gone. Now, the next clip addresses something that's almost entirely been missing in the Titans' offense this season, a deep passing game. This was a staple of their offense the past two years with Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's got a strong arm. He likes to air it out when he can. They would take big shots downfield at least a couple times a game, and this season, it's been completely devoid of that. The offense hasn't been taking those shots in these games. Coach Vrabel was asked about this in his Monday press conference, here's what he briefly had to say about it. Yeah, we'll do whatever we can do to try to get the ball uh, downfield. Tried to. Quarterback got sacked or hit. We're going to protect the quarterback. Now, what he's saying here is a very brief very kind way of putting how the offensive line play this year has erased their deep passing opportunities. Average depth of target, which is a stat, obviously, how deep every every attempted pass is thrown, as well as intended air yards per pass attempt. Very similar stat. Both of those things have dropped off for the Titans this year in comparison to their past two years. Dropped off in a in a big way. The poor pass protection all year long, which got marginally better in the middle of the season, but better is a relative term, right? It only got better in comparison to the abysmal pass protection they had early on. It became serviceable for a passing game that didn't involve intermediate to deep routes, and now it's looking like it's regressing a little bit based on the pressure and the sack rate that Ryan Tannehill is constantly under. If, If the Titans can't protect Ryan Tannehill long enough for plays to develop downfield for those intermediate and deep routes. The Titans can't have a deep passing game. Now, it's going to be helpful to them when they get some of their deep pass threats back. They got Julio Jones back this week, but he's on a snap count. They're easing him in. A.J. Brown potentially coming back in a couple of weeks. Guys like Golden Tate, you know, he may have the wheels left. I'm not holding my breath, but it's possible he could become one of those threats. That'll be helpful to them in terms of trying to get that deeper passing game going, but it won't matter who he has. He could have the best receivers in the entire league if he only has sub 2.5 seconds to pass on average every single time he steps back in the pocket it's not going to matter because the receivers can only get so far downfield before he has to pull the trigger or scramble or takes a sack or has to throw it out of bounds right and so if this offensive line does not improve which offensive lines improving midseason is something that the titans have experienced in the past they've done a good job the past couple of seasons getting hot at the right time with the offensive line but this season feels different it seems like they're struggling to find any chemistry they're struggling to play at levels that they were playing at in past seasons guys like Nate Davis regressing significantly guys like Roger Saffold unable to stay healthy it seems 
if, if I was a Titans fan, I would not be holding my breath about this offensive line getting significantly better over the course of the season. Now, perhaps something clicks in the next couple of weeks and it's just in time for a playoff push, but there's not been anything to indicate that will be the case as of yet. Now, Titans wide receiver coach, speaking of those new and returning passing threats, uh, he said to reporters today that people were definitely underestimating the conditioning element of things in reference to Golden Tate. Coach Mike Vrabel said of Golden Tate yesterday, quote, he's been working hard, catching punts, trying to show us some things. He's working hard. I I like seeing him in the meetings. Feels like he's getting a better grasp of what we're doing. End quote. So it sounds like he's slowly been progressing like we like I expected him to do a guy that, you know, came in off the street, came in off his couch in the middle of the season for the Titans. It's not shocking, especially an older veteran guy like Tate is for him to not be up to snuff in terms of conditioning. Now, another potential deep threat returning. Mike Vrabel also mentioned A.J. Brown in his press conferences this week, saying that he is working hard to get back and is making good progress. So that's good news. Brown is eligible to return in week 16 against the Niners, which is next Thursday night on Thursday Night Football. All right, in our final segment of this Tuesday episode, our quick hit segment, two very brief things I want to mention. First, Zach Cunningham. Now, this was something that Mike Vrabel was very uh, displeased with having questions asked of him last week about Zach Cunningham. He finally opened up about him this week, talked a little bit about all of the things that we played for you last Friday, talking about how Cunningham, he's a he's long, he's quick, he you know is exactly what the Titans want in this scheme at inside linebacker. So he's excited to have him. It sounds like Cunningham is going to practice on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Uh, Vrabel said that he wasn't sure yet about what his role will be exactly, but likes his length, likes his instincts. Says that he's a very productive player in this league. Now the second thing that I wanted to mention, the Titans. On Sunday, won their ninth game of the season, bringing them to nine and four. This clinches their sixth straight season with at least nine wins, which means it's their sixth straight season uh, that is a winning season, becoming just the 21st streak of that length in NFL history. So Mike Vrabel, six seasons with the Titans, six winning seasons with the Titans, and John Robinson now holds the record for any Titans or or Oilers GM for the longest streak of winning seasons as the general manager of the team. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, got to pitch Home Run Throwback, which is another podcast on the Broadway Sports Media Podcast Network. I do with our director of content here at Broadway Sports, as well as the editor-in-chief over at the Music City Miracles blog, Jimmy Morris. Him and I sit down after every game on Sunday nights, typically. We ended up doing a Monday night podcast, so that podcast for this week dropped this morning. Go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Home Run Throwback. I believe tomorrow morning there's going to be a teaser episode. Part of yesterday, or today's, excuse me, episode of Home Run Throwback is going to be on this feed, so if you want a little taste of it, it should show up in your your feed in the morning. Give it a listen. If you liked it, want to listen to the whole thing, want to subscribe to get future episodes of the show, go find Home Run Throwback wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. You'll hear you'll hear me and Jimmy Smith every 
week talking about the Titans long form episodes. I think you're really going to like it. Our discussions are fun. We rib each other. It's a good time. All right. Make sure to come back tomorrow afternoon for the next episode of the Titans 10. Titans Talk Week 15 is tomorrow's episode with our special guest. She's very awesome. You're going to know who she is. You're going to like her. We're going to have a great discussion. I already know you won't want to miss this episode of Titans Talk Week 15. So check it out tomorrow afternoon. Until then, have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. All press conference audio in this episode is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com. A big thank you to them for making that available. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at The Titans 10 to interact with me and keep up with any of our show updates. And finally, check out me and my very talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got great new content for you seven days a week. Until next time, I'm Easton Freeze. The Titans 10 is a Broadway sports media production.